Hello, and welcome to today's edition of the Fight Against COVID-19, What's Really Going On, a CGTN radio podcast that brings you everything you need to know about the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm Shane Bigham. In this edition, we'll look at how major economic areas and big cities in China strive for new growth points through technological innovation. Mainland cities in the Guangdong, Hong Kong, Macau, Greater Bay Area will pilot a new policy of issuing endorsements for talents working in the two special administrative regions starting from February the 20th. Talents eligible for the application of such documents include those who contribute tremendously to the area's development. Guangdong province is set to deepen cooperation with Macau through Hungqin Island that connects the two sides. The most populous province in China rolled out a guideline prioritizing Guangdong-Macau cooperation in technological development, high-end manufacturing and modern finance. The guideline also encourages more tax cuts and measures to attract talents in Hungqin. Officials say they'll take steps to open up Hungqin's financial sector to investors from Macau. More apartments are expected to be built in Hungqin for Macau residents who will work there. With the end of the Spring Festival holiday, various regions in China are accelerating their efforts towards economic transformation. Buoyed by uh, the positive outlook in the year of the rabbit, local governments have launched large-scale construction projects to expedite economic growth. Shui has details. At the end of last month, Beijing started work on the first 50 major projects for this year, focused on sectors like infrastructure and urban renewal with total investment of over 48 billion yuan. During the first quarter of this year, 160 major projects are expected to be finished in Beijing, involving a total investment of 270 billion yuan. We will establish ledgers and set out a completion time in advance for these projects. With protection of key resources, including land and funding, we can fully push forward the construction of these projects in a strong and orderly manner. In Xiong'an New Area near Beijing, 43 projects were started in the first quarter of 2023, with a total investment of more than 41.5 billion yuan, mainly in key fields such as smart city, water conservation, and public services. In 2023, 270 projects have been planned for the Xiong'an New Area, with a total investment of over 664 billion yuan and an annual investment of over 200 billion yuan. Meanwhile, several cities in southern of China are also stepping up their infrastructure efforts. In Guangzhou, more than 460 major projects with a total investment of more than 680 billion yuan started work on January 29th, mainly covering new materials, next-generation information technology, biomedicine and health. On the same day, a total of 340 major projects in Changsha, Hunan province, also began work, with an estimated total investment of over 195 billion yuan and planned investment of 64 billion yuan in 2023. A new start means faster speed. We will give full play to the exemplary role of major projects in promoting progress, improving quality and efficiency while maintaining stability in economic development and achieving new results. Many places in China have made creation of new infrastructure a top priority. Local governments are accelerating the development of new infrastructure such as new energy and digital economy. 
China's Ministry of Industry and Information Technology recently said that it will introduce policies to accelerate the construction of 5G and gigabit optical networks and comprehensively promote 6G technology. Experts said that infrastructure investment will continue to remain an important driver of economic growth in China. That was Shui reporting. Industrial and supply chains are coming back online with hopes that this year will see robust economic recovery across China. Foreign trade and high-end industries are expected to play an important role in fueling growth. Omar Khan sat down with Jane Zhou, chairman of Shenzhen Capchem Technology. With electric vehicles dominating the Chinese market, it's no wonder that six of the world's top EV battery producers are domestic firms. For Guangdong-based company Capcam, who's embedded in this industrial supply chain, the importance of globalization and connected markets is at the forefront of their business strategy. We've been focusing on electronic chemicals and functional materials. Our downstream customers are including uh, battery makers and, uh, for example, capacitor makers, as well as some uh, pharmaceutical producers. Because the fast-growing electronic vehicle industry, uh, we are looking forward to uh, expand our our, uh, presence in other parts of the world, in North America, Europe, and then also other parts of Asia. Yet some reports and analysts believe that the industry is experiencing overcapacity woes. So going global is a must. For such an intricate high-end industry, having a solid foundation will be integral moving forward. China have developed whole category of components production and also upstream raw material production industry. And because uh, it's very mature right now, and this uh, we can produce uh, all the raw materials components needed in a comparatively economic cost. And also we have uh, sufficient production capacity to supply not only Chinese markets, but also uh, global markets. With a presence in three continents, Capchem is bearing in mind sustainable practices. For them, continuing this approach will bring both markets and consumers closer together. That was Omar Khan reporting. The Regional Comprehensive Economic Partnership, a giant free trade deal encompassing nearly a third of the world's population, is already bringing tangible benefits to companies in the 15 member countries. And it's highly expected that China's full reopening will provide a further boost to RCEP. Ryan Meltzer reports from Kuala Lumpur. This Malaysian food and beverage company exports its products to all except two of the 15 RCEP countries. It says the trade deal has given it a clear advantage over its non-RCEP competitors. We can see the benefit the last year, last quarter, because uh, RCEP, the main thing is uh, impolity is lower or not going to zero. There's a benefit for my importer to promote my product in, in their countries. We talk about Vietnam. Before that, we are the outside the food product import, they have to pay about 20% the duty. Now in uh, RCEP, they can enjoy in 5, 5%. The Indonesia, last time they had to pay 10% of the importability, then now it's uh, going to zero. Analysts say that Malaysia's open, export-oriented economy stands to be among the big beneficiaries of RCEP, whether it be food and beverages, agriculture, manufacturing or services. The Asian Development Bank estimates RCEP will add a quarter trillion dollars a year to the members' economies. During RCEP's first year in 2022, 
trade between China and the 10 Southeast Asian or ASEAN countries grew 15% despite China's border closures. That was Ryan Meltzer reporting. With that, we end this episode of the fight against COVID-19, What's Really Going On? Subscribe to our podcast for another episode filled with facts, stories, and opinions concerning the global battle against the novel coronavirus. For more detailed stories about the pandemic, visit radio.cgtn.com or listen to our current affairs program, The Beijing Hour, online. Drop us a line on our podcast so we can provide you with even more content that interests you. I'm Shane Bigham. Thanks for listening.